This is the Al York Sports Show. Sports is my life. Real talk. Real picks. This show is not for the fake. If you can't take the heat, stay the fuck off my channel. Now let's talk. going on everybody welcome to the Al York Sports Show I'm here with my panel and we ready to give y'all the raw truth and let me start by introducing the panel on my far right we got Will Benanke aka the money line guy right next to me we got Noah Parker aka the secret weapon and last but not least my boy here to my left Justin Yu aka the specialist and as a matter of fact, we're going to start off with you, Justin. You First thing first is welcome to the team. Thank you. Appreciate it. You know what I mean? It's going to be a great acquisition for us because you. you're going to give us what we were lacking, which is MMA and UFC. So I got a few questions for you before we move forward. How many years you've been in the game, bro? Tell the viewers how many years you've been in the game. Uh, let's, let's see. It starts from UFC 1, so probably over... 20 years experience with the MMA, you know, combat sports game. Hard 20 years? A hard 20 years? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I followed it from the ground up. Right. And they're doing the, the shows and like little, little auditoriums getting kicked out of venues. <laughs> so I followed it from the ground up and now it's a billion dollar company. Oh, baby. The sport is, is at, the, at, the, at the peak right now. ESPN picked them up, you know, who would ever thought. Damn. Crazy. Yep, yep. Okay, so uh, name us five of your best fighters ever. I mean, you got to have Anderson Silva at the top, GSP, guys that started the game like Hoist Gracie. Wow. Um, Talk to him. You know. Give him a couple that, more. Give him a couple more. Guys that did a transition from WWE like Brock Lesnar. You know, uh, Ryan, I remember that Randy, name. Randy Couture. Oh, wow. You guys paved the way, you know, for the, the up-and-coming fighters now. Okay, so, okay. That'd be my top five, I'd say. That's your top five. So we're going to move quickly. Uh -huh. Last question. Don't mean to interrogate you on the show. <laughs> All right. But uh, last question. What makes you different than any other fighting analyst, handicapper, etc.? What makes Justin you different? I like to look at all the variables, not just statistics. I look at, you know, weigh-ins. Right. I look at how they train, training camps, people they train with, you know. Just a lot of the, the little details that go into the fight game. Yeah. Because one mistake in the fight game and, and it's, it's, ball a, game? it's a, yeah, it's ball, it's ball game. game. The night is over. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to jump right into it. And uh, I'm going I'm to involve Noah Parker with this also. Matter of fact, I'm going to start with Noah on this, and I'm going to bring it back to you. Okay. Uh, big fight the other night with De La Santos and uh, Lewis the Beast. Uh, give, your, give the viewers your input on what you've seen and what you took out that fight. I thought Santos did what he was supposed to do. He won that fight as a favorite. Uh, you know, Lewis has a lot of fans. I know that. He's a public darling kind of. You know, people see him, and you're getting... Hold on, hold on. How do you get the one. name The Beast and add Darling with that? How do you oh, put I, that together? It's an oxymoron. I mean, <laughs> if you're getting plus money with a guy like that, the public's going to see him be like, you know, because Dos Santos is kind of a name from the past. He had his prime a little bit, but he's still a good fighter. But, I mean, it was a good, you know, fight that, 
you know, that got some popularity. Some that people tuned in to watch it, but it wasn't like you know a big event like you know John Bones Jones or somebody got like that fighting. It's still a pretty a name that people still remember in the back of their head. See, but the Jones fight. fight, we spoke about that. Right. He was minus oh, nine hundred, eight hundred. This fight was more like Close, minus right, two hundred, right. so it's more com- competitive from that point of view. Right. It was more more of a fight where you never you still don't know who's going to win this fight. Right. 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 So right. It was, you know it was a good overall fight, but uh, Dos Santos did what he had to do. Oh, okay. Now we're going to bring that to you, the specialist. Let's go. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, Dos Santos <coughs> did what he had to do. Oh, yeah. by the way, by the way, you gave it out. You gave it out. I got to put did, that I out did. there. Now, people might go, oh, that was a minus 200 kind of steep, but what can you do about it? The main event, that was the line. Right, right. So this man, you, you can't change the line yourself. No, no. So I'm still going to give you credit. Great call on that. Thank you. But, man. yeah, get the breakdown real fast. Yeah, Dos Santos, his, uh, his experience outweighed... The Black Beast, um, his jiu-jitsu was on point. You his call stand that. Up, he's, a, he's a boxer, you know, so on all levels of MMA, he was above, you know, Derek Lewis, and the odds showed it, Yeah. and then the results showed it too. Yeah, he totally I mean, outclassed him, Don't right? get me wrong, Black Beast played possum, you know? Yeah, he yeah. looked like he was hurt, and he came back with a haymaker. That, yeah, what was that about? I mean, that's he just the way he grabbed his middle fight. section. Yeah. Yo, he almost laid him out for the night, though, with that hit. Right. A lot of right. other fighters would have hit the canvas on that. It was, it was a rope-a-dope. It was a little bit of a yep. rope-a-dope. But when, you, when you're a big dude like that, <laughs> one punch can end your night quick. Oh, so, man. So luckily for Dos Santos, he pulled it off. You know, the pick was right. Right, know? right, right. I tied it in with some other fights, you know. Didn't, didn't really, don't want to bore you with the specifics, but right, you know, right, everything right. came out right. So it was a good night overall. Great, great, man. Great to hear that. Okay, guys, we're going to run into the biggest topic of last night, in my opinion. Y'all might feel different. We're going to start on my far right with the money line guy. The Raiders signed Antonio Brown. Uh, you can go all type of ways with this story here. All I can say that they traded him for a third round and a fifth round pick, and they had to redo his contract because his contract was at three years, $38.9 million, with no guarantee money. When Oakland redid his contract, they gave him a three-year, 54.2 and 30.1 guaranteed money. I want to start on with the money line guy. I want to hear your opinion on this situation. Talk to the money line guy. Well, at first I want to start with Antonio Brown, what he, what he did with Pittsburgh and why the red flags will go up for me you know, to bring him into my organization. Um, he was way out of line by not playing in that game against the Bengals. You know, winners don't do that, and that doesn't, ha- that doesn't happen in quality organizations. And the Steelers are certainly losing uh, the benefit of the doubt of being a quality organization after allowing that to happen. But they built up enough cachet where I have to give the Steelers the benefit of the doubt that they were in the right and he was in the wrong there. So, with that being said, you know, him going to the Raiders, I'm still trying to wrap my head around Oakland giving this kind of contract to Antonio Brown and fact that they traded Khalil Mack. I know they got draft picks for him, but when you're talking about arguably one of the top five defensive players, when it's all said and done to ever play the game, and, and all, all they got out of for Khalil Mack was one draft pick, I believe, first round pick. Right. Uh, no, they, they, I think they got two. I think they got a later round also. Okay, I'm, but not two, first, not two first round picks, no, no, though. No, no, no. Okay. Would you have traded you know, Lawrence Taylor for that type of thing? I mean, stick no, about right. that. So, already they're behind the eight ball, in my opinion, right, as far as being any type of contender, it's hard for me to take them seriously. I don't, I don't like David Carr. I never did. did. It's Derek Carr. I'm yeah, sorry. Derek Carr. Uh, as far as uh, him getting the ball to Brown, he won't have enough time. Our offensive line is terrible. 
Uh, I think it's just going to end but, up. Hold on. Well, but that could be fixed. They got a lot of draft choices. They can put. They can get about two more guys and fix right. that lineup ASAP. I don't. I don't have any faith in uh, what's his name, Mike Mayock, to, okay. to get those the picks right and to sign the right guys for <laughs> offensive line. So, uh, I mean, he's. I've seen worse. You know, I, there are probably worse GMs out there, but he certainly has to prove a lot to. to right. Right. At this point, to be considered a top uh, executive, and and John Gruden, I think just the game's flat out passed him by. He's a used car salesman. He sold Antonio Brown or sold everybody on, I mean, you know, coming here. You know, with all that stuff about the hardest work. And not to say he's not a hard work. I'm sure he is. But I just think it's going to end up uh, uh, bad again. Kind of like, I hate to use the comparison to Terrell Owens, but I think it's just going to end up like that. A lot of drama. Something happens on the field that turns into off the field. You know, missing games. All, all kinds of nonsense. And So you see, yeah. you see A.B. continuing to be what he's been lately with Pittsburgh, in other words. You don't see him making a dramatic change because now he's on a new team with new money, then you don't see no changes then. Initially, I do see a change, initially, but at some point that switch will flip off and you'll, the old Antonio Brown, the, the latest one with Pittsburgh, so will show I, up. I, all right, give me an over-under. How many games before that switch turns up? <laughs> right, I give it, uh, my guess is nine games. Nine games? Yeah. All right, you're crazy again? Yeah. Okay, Noah. All right, well, the Las Vegas Raiders, I think they're looking at that, at that you know, aspect, looking for the future. He can be the franchise guy. He's the guy that, you know, everyone's going to look at. Like, oh, this guy's the face of the team right now when they come to Las Vegas. Like we talked about last week with Le'Veon Bell, he could have been that guy. Right. If he came right. over there, you know, he could be the, the guy everybody's talking about. Now, what John Gruden <coughs> did, obviously, when he came in last year, he stripped down the team, got rid of everybody he didn't want to have on his team, which is why I think he got rid of the Khalil Max and, you know, he just – he didn't want it. He wanted it his way. I don't want, not like Frank Sinatra, but he wants to do it the way he wants to do it. I want my guys in there. I want to start all I like over. How you do that in there. Draft, draft picks, everything. So he's got a lot of, you know, a lot of work he's got to do, obviously, because that team, you know, it needs a lot of help, you know, offensively and defensively. Let me cross-examine you real fast. Was this the right pickup right now? Would you, do you agree with the pickup? Because they were lacking that wide receiver. It's almost like, in my opinion, they traded away Amari Cooper and got back an Antonio Brown. I mean, and Antonio Brown, obviously, to me, is a better receiver than Amari Cooper, who's a you know, great receiver, don't get me wrong. Yeah, Amari's he, nice. He did well with the Cowboys yeah. at the end of that season. But, but he Antonio, was incredible to keep, though. Remember yeah, that. Right, right. Amari right. was crying every week. Right, that's, like, that's another reason which, why. Which, which Brown might do the I mean, same thing. Like Will course, said, after nine games, when, he start, when, when, when reality starts sitting in, but Brown always had a problem with Roethlisberger too. Right, he's, been, he's, right. been, he's been throwing him under the bus for the last few years, like you know, not, you know, out, you know, more tactfully. Right. Saying, yo, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm done playing with this guy. You know, he, he so can he get it ball. better than that though? He as far can, as he's on the field, not I, not relationship. I think so, but it's going to be hard to buy in. Would if Gruden, Gruden has to wake up to the analytics and wake up to today's coaching because it's not 1999 no more. You know, he's gonna have he's got a lot of work to do. But it's a good step, I guess. They're at least trying to make a move. They're not still going to tank all next year because they're coming to Vegas, supposedly, after right. this year, in 2020, 2021. So they, got, they had to do something. I like it. They got a face of the organization now. And, uh, you know, they're trying to make steps in the right direction because when they come here to Vegas, it's going to be huge. Would they be relevant? Because my not impression from Will was no. Not next year. But when they come to Vegas, I think they'll be relevant. Okay. Same question. Justin, you. Yeah, I think it's a great pickup. And... Antonio Brown, to be the franchise player for the team, is a great look. You know, he's a high-profile player. That's a great position that you can lean on. Right. 
but there's other keys to the puzzle, you know, and I think the Raiders in the right direction with all their draft picks coming up. Then a rebuilding phase, so they're gonna find the pieces to the puzzle to get them to that hopefully Super Bowl pretty soon for Vegas. <laughs> the Vegas Raiders, Super Bowl champions. <laughs> wow. Okay, my take before we go to break is I'm kind of in the middle with it. Like something tells me bad pickup, something tells me good pickup. Right, right. But if if Antonio Brown can shoot up and just perform. Just do A-B. A-B, do what you do, bro. Just do what you do. Stop the crying stuff. Stop the flipping on the coaches. Go out there, play team ball, and perform. We all know A-B's on top of the game when he plays A-B style. I got him top three. Maybe you guys got him number one still. You know what I'm saying? Go over there, do what you got to do, perform, play team ball, lead as a leader. Because you're one of the oldest cats over there. You're pushing 31 years of age. Go over there and set an example. Show the world that it wasn't your Ford Pittsburgh. Because if you do the same thing, we're going to look at you the way we looked at Antonio Bryant, Terrell Owens, Chad Johnson, etc. So, A.B., do you. Congratulations on your new contract. And we're going to go on break. We'll be right back. Don't go nowhere, guys. Okay, we right back, guys. Let's get right to it, man. Next week, next Saturday night, we got a big boxing event. Wow, this is going to be crazy. We got Mikey Garcia, 39-0 with 30 knockouts versus Earl Spence Jr., 24-0 with 21 KOs. Uh, division is lightweight. Uh, you know, we got the truth. What can you say about the truth? Earl Spence, man. What I don't understand, though, I feel like Vegas is really disrespecting Mikey Garcia, taking nothing away from the truth, Earl Spence Jr. But how do you make, how you set the line at minus 400 for Earl Spence Jr. when Mikey Garcia hasn't even lost the fight? So I'm going to lean on you right now. Give a lean on this fight. People's just watching. Give me your breakdown on this fight. Justin. You know, on paper... It's it's an even matchup, so the odds the odds are kind of funny. You're right. It's a little inflated. Mikey Garcia undefeated. Earl Spence Jr. undefeated. So somebody's O's got to go, you yeah. know? And to me, it's an even matchup, so the odds are, are kind of funny. Right. And if you were to bet, you have to go with the underdog in the fight game. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't see a knockout happening. I see a decision <coughs> And if a decision goes to Mikey Garcia, then that's going to be an upset. Oh, but you just said something. If you really feel a decision, then you can actually give out that. I mean, we don't have the numbers on that right now. Right, right. The over-under on the decision. But that would be the best route for you, you think? Yeah, in my experience with uh, boxing, I like to see when two champions match up together, it's a chess game. Right. So the chess game gets drawn out, and it goes to a decision. Okay, so you like the over more than the underdog. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Noah Parker. Well, it's, it's going to be a good fight, I know that. I think Mikey Garcia was bold taking on, uh, saying he was going to fight Spence. I mean, they're both undefeated, but Spence is a better fighter, in my Spence opinion. He's, he's, he's fought better competition, in my opinion. 
fought less fights, but like I said, better competition. I, it'd be hard to go against uh, Spence and me. I don't, I'm not laying that juice, but in, remember with boxing, you're going to see a lot of money coming on the dog. It's already starting to come in on the dog. He's down at 340 at some places, 300 at some places. So, you know, if you keep on waiting that out, you're going to get a better price if you want the favorite. I've seen the over-unders, actually. I've seen 10.5 was the total. So, that's, okay. you know, that's saying it's going to go the distance maybe. But, I mean, if you like the knockout early, take that under 10.5. If you like to if you like to go on decision, take the over. But um, I can, I wouldn't I can't take Garcia, especially with the price already dropping. I'm already I've already missed the best number. I've already missed plus right, three right. hundred. So it'd be if I'm if I'm betting the fight, I'm waiting until the day of the fight when it's, it's as low as it's gonna go. I think it'll be probably minus two eighty, two seventy, the lowest it'll go. You think it'll go that low then? Hop on, yeah, I think it'll. Because Garcia is the smaller guy. Because yeah, the, the public's gonna see thirty nine, thirty uh, thirty nine and zero. Probably gonna see that and jump on him anyway. You see him plus three hundred. Take it, take it. Right, and right, then, right, and right. Then, and then when it gets not to, only that, he's a good fighter. He is though. a good fighter. I'm not gonna, I'm not taking anything away from Mike. I mean, he, like I guess it was very bold and courageous. I'm, I want him. I want Spencer. So he, you know, it was a tough decision for him to take that fight instead of taking some tomato. That's telling me a lot because. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, yeah, he wants to fight the He's already thirty nine and zero, and he's risking right. that undefeated. You know, exactly. Especially he's like, what he is eleven fights from being fifty and zero, and yeah. this is the fight you take. Yeah. But this is why I respect him, and don't disrespect the floor. Not to bring him in. This ain't a fight Floyd Mayweather takes. Right, right. Let's that's say you know, you know what I'm trying to that's say. That's why my first point was it was a very bold decision to say that's what I want, and right. going up against undefeated fighter. But I can only take Spence if I'm putting my money on. Oh, you can only take Spence. Okay, my take would basically be. If I had a gun in my head, I'm using the gun in the head terminology, I would have to take Garcia with the plus money because I'm not going to lay no 380, right, 400 right. unless I parlay it mm -hmm. like I did with yesterday's fights right. with Santos. Um, but um, I got to take Garcia or the over. I, I think these two guys are going to be technicians in there. It's going to be really hard to see one really slip up. So I'm gonna have, I'll go over the 10 and a half rounds. That's my take on this fight. Okay, so now, next week, we got big UFC action going on. So you see I'm looking at you, right? <laughs> <laughs> the main event for next week, we got Darren Hill versus Wholehead, Maz Vidal. Darren Hill versus Wholehead, Maz Vidal. Listen, I can't pronounce these names, man. Uh, the fight is uh, minus 240 for Hill, plus 200 for Wholehead. Right. Give us a breakdown on the fight and a lean. Uh, well, it's going to be a great matchup in the welterweight division. Darren Till's coming off of his uh, loss to Tyron Woodley, the former champion. Right. Uh, Jorge Masvidal, he's, he's kind of been in the wings waiting, waiting for a fight. And, you know, not a lot of people give him credit, but he's a dangerous fighter. I mean, this is a guy that used to fight, you know, backyard fights. Now he's in the UFC, top 10. I think he's ranked number 10. Darren Till, number 3. So it's a scary matchup for Darren Till. But he's a young, hungry lion that I think is going to get the job done and should uh, make quick work of Jorge Masvidal. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, Noah. I'm not, no, I'm not, uh, didn't really look into this fight. I would trust Justin's opinion more than my own. <laughs> yeah, it just, no, it just, it just came <laughs> up. Just you know? I, have, I have won some money on a, a Masvidal or whatever. Yeah, he's yeah. a great he's underdog. Won, he's won yeah. money for me in the past. For sure. I mean, I, I might, you know, dabble in the plus 200. So we got to piggyback him on this one, right? I mean, if he said, I mean, Till, I know he's a good fighter, too, that Woodley fight, I remember, too. Right. I, I've, been, I've been waiting for Woodley to lose, too, after that fight, and he finally did uh, right. last week. So, right. But uh, I, I'll probably stay away from the fight altogether. Okay. I'm going to lean what you lean to with, brother. You know how we right. do it. Okay, now we go to NBA action. Uh, both conference we're going to talk about right now. 
Um, you got Milwaukee leading the Eastern Conference at 49 and 16. I'm not going to give y'all every team down because it gets boring after a minute. Then you got Dub Nation leading in the Western Conference at 44 and 20. My question to the panel is, who's going to come out of both conference and why? Money line guy. Uh, I still got to go with Golden State out of the West until someone knocks them off. I just can't see anybody taking them out. Uh, they're, I think they made a statement the other night against Denver. They felt like playing. And, uh, they, the same statement they made to Denver in Denver where they won by like 40 or something. Uh, they basically just told them, not, not this year. You guys have a while to go yeah, Denver before can't you get see to this these level. Uh, but, yeah, I just think they're just bored. But Golden State, I don't really think it's much to discuss, at least for me. Right. Uh, I can't make a case for anybody else. So you don't see nobody in the Western Conference that can knock them off right now in the seven-game series? I mean, it's, I'd say Houston, but I, I just think their team in, in the playoffs this year would not match up as well as they did last year. And I feel like defensively is where they – will struggle because uh, last year was their chance. I felt like they blew their chance Oh, last I know what year. you're saying. That was their chance. And I feel like, you know, you couldn't play any better than that. And to blow two double-digit leads in game six and seven, nobody recovers from that, in my opinion. I mean, not, not unless you're someone of tremendous fortitude, and no one on Houston has that kind of fortitude, in my opinion. Okay, let me ask you one question. Like I told Noah last yeah. week, I know regular season we don't take too serious. Right. They beat them all three times regular season this year. And they had, like, like, let me use these words again. They had them on the ropes last year, last year. You don't think that helps them going into a brand new series with them now? No, the Knicks beat the Pistons, I believe, in 89-90, forced times uh, during that season by big margins with Rick Pitino as the coach, and the Pistons ended up winning the title uh, rather least. They never played the Knicks in the playoffs, but I felt like if they did that, they would have beat them. Like, it did, didn't right. matter. You know, it didn't put any doubt yeah, in the Yeah, because Nation looked like they kind of played. They, right. I mean, not kind. They definitely played another level in the playoffs. Yeah, I okay. mean, it's, to me, it's just... You know, they're you know, two-time defending champs. Until uh, someone knocks them off, I'm just going to go with them. Okay. And then okay. the uh, East? Yeah, Eastern Conference. Uh, this is tough. I, going back this is like the toughest one I've yeah, seen in years. Conference I'll go with the Raptors because I feel like they have the best player in the East. When his head is on straight. I mean, this is the big asterisk with Kawhi Leonard. Maybe I'm a little biased because of being a Spurs fan. I still, you know, a uh, soft spot for the guy. But uh, with Kawhi Leonard, his head is screwed on straight. I still feel like he's the best player in the Eastern Conference and arguably maybe the best player in the game. Uh, you like him over um, the Greek freak? Yes. Oh, okay. I think he, he could just do – I mean, we know what he's capable of doing. He hasn't even unleashed his whole arsenal yet this year where, uh, you know, he's kind of just going through the motions. I feel like he can score 50 any time he wants, but he just hasn't decided to do that. Like the other day he had like 31 points and they just decided to take the fourth quarter off. But I feel like in the playoffs he's won a championship. He's – uh, I know him and Kyrie are the only players in the East that's, that's won a title, so he's been in, the, in these big games before against the best teams. Um, I just feel like he's a good leader for that team, and I like their depth in the playoffs, and I like right. this coach they have. Um, what's his name? Nurse. Nick Nurse. So, uh, yeah, just kind of a lean. It's tough. I was going between them and the Celtics, but the Raptors, to me, uh, I think might come out of the East. To cross-examine you a little, my only worry about the Raptors is Kyle Lowry. He comes up short in the biggest games, and I don't it's going to be a lot for Kawhi to have to cover what he's supposed to do and, and take him to that next level. You know what I mean? If Lowry steps up, I agree with everything you're saying. Uh, Justin, you. I agree. Western Conference, Golden State, without a doubt. They have all the tools. They're basically, it's basically like a, like a dream team in the NBA. Right. You know, you've Especially got, with the acquisition of Cousins. That's, starting lineup is five all-stars, I mean. 
How can you go against that? Future Hall of Fame is maybe right. also maybe. And the coach, the coach has been there many, many times. You know, did it with the Bulls. He's got the experience. He knows how to turn it up in the playoffs. Tell the young guys, hey, it's playoff time. The regular season's done. It's time to turn it up. It's time Punch down. It's time to win that championship. Put your stickers on, right? This is what we play for. Okay. It's time to turn it on. Okay. Uh, Eastern Conference, it's it's a crapshoot, you know. I'm gonna go with a dark horse. Maybe the 76ers might show up. It's yeah. not that much of a dark horse after they picked <laughs> up Jimmy Buckets and right, Tobias Harris, right. but yeah. They got they got some uh, good tools on the team. Yeah, they got weapons. You man. know, they got weapons. And if you know Embiid is healthy and he can play through that's those games, that's the key. That's the key. That's uh. He's can like he be a, healthy through the whole playoffs? He's an X factor. So I, I could see the the 76ers making like a deep run in the playoffs. And then, you know, the Bucks and the Raptors at the top of the Eastern Conference, they got a lot of weapons. But to me, I don't think they have, like, an actual team chemistry. They have superstars <coughs> on the team, like, you know, the Greek Freak, Kawhi Leonard. But it's a team game. Everybody has to contribute, you know? Right, right, right. So, okay, that's what, okay. I, that's what I like. No Parker, talk to him. All right, let me start with, let me, so let me start with the East okay. first. The Bucks. No, let's get the West no, out the no, way. No, no. I want to hear your East. Okay, I right. really want to hear your East. Let's get but, the West out the way. Change it up. Change it up. Now, remember, this, this, is, this is their two-time champions going for that third title. How many times has the team won three straight? The Lakers did it. The Bulls did it twice. That's it. That's how hard it is to do it. And when the Bulls did it twice, their third season, 98 and 94, they they struggled the whole regular season. Because you know how hard it is to have the motivation to just, oh, man, we got to do this again. Right. All right, here we go. And, you know, they still, they still, you know, were able to prevail at the end and win that third title. But you could see that it was writing on the wall, like, it's over. This is it. This is last year. So, they, you know, Golden State's kind of going through the same turmoil, having the same problems internally. The teammates, the only guy that has really won the ring is Cousins because he, he wasn't in the first two years. So that you see him going, having problems. I still think it's going to be hard to beat them in a seven-game series. But as much as I want to say Houston can do it, I'll probably have my money on Houston too. <laughs> but, I, I mean, realistically and, and – it can't go. It's hard to go against the Warriors, but I will have my money on Houston. Right, right. They got, got the that plus money. They got the revenge. Okay. They got so many different factors. They got the good roster. They beat them already. Just, but like I said, the end especially because that third time around, it's tough. You saw how well they played yesterday when they got Clay Thompson back from his injury. Hit what eight threes or nine threes. No, Clay was going zerk. I, mean, I mean, all it takes <laughs> is one of those guys to have a good game, and you know you can't beat that team. So I mean, I'm not you know saying anything different than every expert out there saying with the Warriors winning, but I think the Rockets have a really good chance this year to, over, to uh, overtake them in the West. Let me ask you something before we move on to the Eastern Conference. I should have asked all you guys. I'm seeing a different OKC team, man. Ball you don't George. think they're going to give either Houston or Dub Nation everything they can handle? If Westbrook, if Westbrook was shooting like he was shooting in That's 2015, the- 16, then all right, I'd give him that. Because losing Melo helped them get better. You know, they got better with getting rid of him. Paul George is playing on another level. He's an MVP candidate right now. Oh, I love the way Paul just, George is playing right it's now. It's just, do they have enough weapons coming off the bench? They don't have any bench. Right. It's, right. You got Ferguson's playing well, and Stephen Adams one of the most underrated centers in the game. It's just, I don't know if they have enough when, when those guys have to come out yeah, of the I like Schroeder. I told you, I like right. Schroeder coming yeah. off the bench. But do they have enough coming off the bench? Right. But one thing about Westbrook that I acknowledge that in a early, series. especially early in the season, you know, you're shooting bad percentage, mm-hmm. foul shots, field goal percentage, right. shooting for a bad percentage, but he's giving the rock up more. Yeah. Right. And I heard a quote the other day where poor George is saying, I'm the guy on this team. Mm-hmm. I was very surprised to hear that 
Especially with Westbrook being over. Everybody know that Westbrook the dude and no KC. But I think Westbrook know, like, yo, this, I'm, George is the dude, I'm right? struggling right now. I'm glad I can, I can just rely on you because he's masking how bad he's playing right. with all these triple-doubles and hustle plays. And that's good and all, but he knows he's not playing at the level he's been playing his whole career. And he's just doing everything else. I got to do everything else, the rebounds, the assists, the steals. And, you know, that's, that's fine. You know, that's good and all. You have, you have that, that, that hustle and desire. But at the same time, I don't know if they got enough to win the seven-game series. One thing I got to tell all of y'all, that a guy that's not getting no credit in OKC is Billy Donovan. We, he never really coached as good as this. Last time he coached as good as this was at Florida in college. But right now, well, Billy Donovan's well, doing his thing. Billy Donovan's going to get a lot of criticism, and rightfully so, after getting his head kicked in by Utah last year in the playoffs. He's got a lot of making up to do. Yeah, you, that's you He do. can do whatever he wants the regular season, but if he goes out in the first round again, he's going to feel the I totally agree. Yeah, he'll be out of there. I totally yeah. agree, but I don't see that happening this year, bro. I really don't. So, again, finish up, Noah. Over the East. Bucks, they got great team, not enough shooters, in my opinion. But Chris Middleton and all them guys, you don't believe in them? Bledsoe, I don't believe in him. Okay. Got, got paid. Um, but I just, they're too young. I don't think they have a veteran. How about Niccolo? They picked up Niccolo. Um, Niccolo. Um, uh, I can't say his last name. That's what I'm saying. My mom would take something like that. Yeah, Maritich. 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 Yeah, yeah, he's a great a shooter. shooter. Yeah, I mean, spot-up shooter. Yeah they, got him, yeah, they got him from the Pelicans. Yes. Good player. Can he fit in? A lot, you know, a lot of different parts here. Don't know if they can get it done in a... In a to me, I'm going... Uh, I like your pick with the Raptors, and I was going to tell you that uh, Danny Green also has a ring in the East, too. Yeah, that's right. That has a ring. Good team, but I don't trust Kawhi Leonard. I don't trust Kyle Lowry yet. Don't trust him. I don't care what anybody. I don't trust yep, him yet. I totally agree. Philadelphia, great starting line. Probably the best starting line in the NBA besides the Warriors. No bench, though. I don't think they have it either. No bench, not a veteran presence. Give me and the I Celtics. Everyone's saying the Celtics are, are done with Kyrie having these problems. But in the playoffs, I think they wake up. They, had, they were there last year. They were, they were one half away from making it to the finals for losing to LeBron. They still have all the weapons. They can get it together with one of the best head coaches in the NBA. Celtics will be there at the end. And then uh, we'll see if they – it's all about Kyrie, though, if he can make it work because he's right, right. having problems. But they have the best roster on paper, bench and starting lineup, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, you just stole what I was doing. Right. That's what I do, though. Uh, to me, Celtics, when they put it together, you've seen the last three games, you know, Kyrie Irving doing his thing, all of them contributing, smart, all of them, Hartford. I mean, these guys are balling, man. And I'll never sleep on Boston. They probably a team regular season. They nonchalant and et cetera. Right. But you see, right before the playoff, they taking it to another level. And you see how they dismantle Golden State at Golden State with their whole unit in there. And I don't want to hear that Golden State was not prepared for this game because they knew Boston was coming. Mm-hmm. They just didn't understand how it was coming. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm running with Boston Celtics. Kind of took my pick there, brother. <laughs> Guys, we're going to be right back. Don't go nowhere. Stay tuned. All right, all right, all right, all right. We right back at it. Hope you guys are enjoying this. Like I told y'all, we can only give y'all the raw truth. It's the only thing we can do and the only thing we will do. We ain't here BSing nobody. We're going to give it to y'all raw. And now our next topic is what do the Lakers need to do? NBA, what do the Lakers need to do to get back to the old Laker form 
of winning ball games, getting back on track. We're going to start with the, one, of the, one of the best of LeBron James fans. This guy loves LeBron James. So I'm going to start with Noah Parker. What do L.A. need to do in La La Land? I like what they did to start the season. They tried something new. Okay, before the season, they picked up a bunch of playmakers, Rondo, Stevenson. I mean, they, they, they went away from what they usually do with LeBron James teams who <coughs> has nothing but shooters around them, Ray Allen. I mean, Shane Batty, just guys that can shoot the ball. Right. I mean, that's how he's always had his strategy. As soon as he drives, they got to close up on him, throwing him. But, so that, but it, you know, it didn't really work last year against the Warriors. It didn't work the year before. So I think they wanted to try something new, putting a bunch of playmakers and grimy type players that can just disrupt the minds of the Warriors. And that's what, and they beat the Warriors a couple times this year. They beat, they beat them on Christmas. You know, they, it kind of worked, but at the same time, all those playmakers just didn't work out this season. So I think but, they. But, but, but no, you got. It's been proven LeBron is shooting. Of course, of course. But they, they wanted to try no something. He's no real shooter. He's got to one that's why, that's why halfway through the season they said, all right, we've got to get some shooters. Give me Mike Muscala. Give me Reggie Bullock. These are known sharpshooters. So they said, all right, we've got to make a run now. It didn't work. You know, scrap that idea. Let's get some shooters in there. Too late. So I think they got to kind of go back to the old system because LeBron's getting old now. 17 years. I mean, everybody he was drafted with, they're all retired. I mean, they're all out of the league pretty much now. Right. So they, they know they run out of time. They got to just... Do what we were doing. LeBron still has a few years left as being that bulldozer when he drives. He's got to go back to the driving dish. Um, I mean, strategy that worked in the past. I think that's the only way you do it. Bringing another big name, superstar, bringing a point guard or something else. I mean, I'm not saying it has to be Kyrie Irving, but just got to bring another playmaker and another person that's at his level of talent. And uh, you got to go from there because, you know, if you're a Laker, time is now. If you're a Laker fan, right, if you're a Laker fan, okay, you're an organization. All right, let's say, right. make believe you Magic Johnson. Okay. Now, that's hard. It's hard to make believe, but let's mm-hmm. just say you Magic Johnson and, and Palenka. Who's your main target in the offseason with all the free agents? Uh, people will say Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving. But and, Anthony Davis is going to have to be via trade. Right, right. Free you still got free what? agents. You got Jimmy Butler. You know what I'm saying? There's you got a lot KD. Of out there, right? this, I mean, you, of course you're going to want one of those guys. But realistically, I don't see them. None of them coming to the Lakers. I see Butler okay. maybe coming over there. I, maybe not KD. It depends how, how what what happens in Philly and, and they run to the playoffs. So it's hard to say right now in the playoff race. But of course they're going to go for any of those guys. But it doesn't matter who. Just having anybody around LeBron James, they'll get better playing with him. So it doesn't really. I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but you know, a top tier player coming to that organization. <coughs> With LeBron James, is going to make them a better player. And then you just throw some shooters around them. They'll be all right. Okay. So a simple form, just like that, right? Just that simple. I mean, the Warriors are going to regress, too, and they can't. And I, I mean, after this season, if they win it all again, you're bored. You know, they, they want to, these players want to make their own legacy. Durant wants to do his own thing. I think he's out of there. I think Clay's out of there. Clay might be the name I'm talking about that comes to the Lakers. Dad was a Laker, number one draft pick. I mean, see, that's what I want to hear. Now you're giving me something. But it's, well, you have, let's see what happens at the end of this playoff run. But. He's a guy. That makes that perfect, perfect sense to I mean, play in L.A. I mean, I mean, the only thing I can say is, you know, like they say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So being but, a dub nation. Right. But I think he want to spread his wings. Right. I like, think Clay want to like, average a little wants, more, do a little more. He wants to say, I did this without Curry and Durant. Now nah, I'm my own man. But still, you know, his brother even played in L.A. for the Dodgers. So right. this is a guy that his, his dad's still the announcer on the radio. Right. So him coming to L.A. makes a lot of sense, but there's a whole bunch of possibilities out there happening. But those are just some, you know, around the edge of stuff. We'll see what happens. Money line guy. Well, this is uh, about a, a really uh, outlandish thing, but 
the, the question is what the Lakers need to do, what do they need to do to get back on track, right? Mm-hmm. What they really need to do or try to do is to trade LeBron James. They need players that will buy in unconditionally wow. to whatever coach they decide to go with. You've got to get what you can for LeBron at this point. Admit your mistake before it becomes too late uh, and, and too toxic before the, uh, the point of no return. These young players are, are basically uh, buried with him there. Like they're just, it's just not working. Um, you know, you, you have trouble selecting a coach. I mean, you can't even select a coach without having to consult with a player, really? Well, can I interject real fast? Would you admit that playing with LeBron James right now, this and this time right now, yeah. is as toxic as it was to, to guys to join Kobe Bryant also later in his career? Because a lot of people didn't want to play with Kobe. That's a different comparison because LeBron's better than Kobe was at the end of his career. Right, right. Yeah. LeBron's head's not in. No, but what I mean as far as guys wanting to play with them. Because I, I remember when a lot of guys didn't want to join L.A. because of Kobe. No, I don't think it was as bad because Kobe Bryant, he was committed to being there. He wanted to be there. His, his mind was he wasn't on all the uh, extracurricular stuff. Right. You know, which is fine, but just what they should have done, and, and this I blame this on Magic and Palenka, is knowing ahead of time that uh, this is he has other motives here. You know, you have to make it clear that this is what we expect of you. Uh, this is what we need. You know, we can't have you doing these side stuff. You know, you can't take the good with the bad because none of the best players in the past have done that kind of stuff. They right. Just, it's, either, it's all basketball, offseason, do what you got to do, you know, if you have things going on. But during the season, just can't can't have it. And I, I think at this point they have to move on and admit their mistake. I mean, it's just it's hard to watch. One year, though. It's been one year. Every time LeBron's first year, he hasn't succeeded. Miami, first year. Lost to the, the Mavericks of all teams. Yeah. First year in Cleveland, they didn't make it either. This is the first year in LA. I'm gonna give them one year. Second, now we have the same conversation next year. And it's the same thing. I agree with you. Okay, but he signed a four-year deal, I think, and I think he is, in my opinion, he knows that I got some time. That you know, I, I want to do my yeah. Space Jam thing. I would, I would just get what I could now. I mean, I understand. <laughs> you're you're giving up already. You're giving up. Yeah, I never really, you know, I, you know how I felt. <laughs> my great player, but he, here's the difference between LeBron and the other greats of all time. Talk to them. LeBron, to LeBron talk wants to win games, but these other players wanted to beat you. See what I'm saying? He wants to win. Other players want to kill you. Yeah, yeah, that's, he, that's the different right, mindset. Right. That's why, they want to you stick know. the knife in. He wants to be your friend. Yeah. So that's not going to get it done with these young players. It's a bad influence on them. I can see it this year. It's made them soft, especially a, a Kuzma. And I think if you can get what you can now, it would be the best thing just to admit your mistakes, start over. Uh, I liked what I saw from the Lakers last year. I thought they were, at the end of the year, they were coming on. Now you're losing a coach over who's going to be their coach. The coach is going to be a puppet. And the GM might get fired. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you're talking about all kinds of nonsense. You're going to bring in Ty Lu? Come on. Yeah, they're on top of puppets. Please. But I'm agreeing with you, and I'm also agreeing with Noah, because I had, I had said in my video early in the week that um, don't be surprised if LeBron's on a block. Not that I wanted it. I'm just saying don't be surprised because what I've been hearing and seeing. Yeah. But I really don't think he's going anywhere no. because I'm agree with Noah where you got to at least give him a year to, you know, just to Act throw out there. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Now, next year it's going to mean everything for LeBron and the Lakers. And I, I mean, it ain't, don't take a rocket scientist to know they're going to be way further than what they were this year. But to me, they basically got to make it to the conference finals next year after this horrible season this year. You, you just, can't go less than that. You can't just go right to the conference finals without, you know, and if, let's say they bring in a Jimmy Butler. That guy's just as toxic as anybody. What right, does he right. do? I mean, Jimmy Bro, Butler. Bro, Magic's really? got to have to figure it out. I mean, make a, maybe make an AD trade, pick up a bunch of shooters, 
They got to get sharp shooters. You got guys out there, old guys like Bellinelli, uh, Iasova. These are guys that help out, you know, your team, these role players. Yeah. He needs good role players. But again, finish off. I'm sorry. No, that was it. I mean, it takes another year. They're, they put themselves back a full year or two already. So next year, that's that's supposed to be the first year. Next year, they'd be lucky if they get in the playoffs and maybe win a round or be competitive. And that's it. That's as far as they're going next year. I don't care who they bring, Jimmy Butler, whoever, unless it's like Durant and Clay Thompson, but that's not happening. So that you set, you, they set themselves back a full year, even if they keep what they have now with all their players. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, new coach, the GM might get fired. They've got the LeVar Ball stuff. Come on. That's going to – that's a change. They kind of changed that a little bit. LeVar was very noisy in the beginning, and I hardly heard of him late. I'm not going to be yeah. – I'm not going to say – The son's there, though, and he's a, he could be a key guy. But I don't know what they're going to do with him. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Your take. Justin, you. I mean, I, I like LeBron on the Lakers. It's just they need to mesh together and find – the way they should be playing. I think they should be an up-tempo so team. So they need an identity, you're saying? I think they need to be an up-tempo team because they're young. They should be running around the court every game as hard as they can. It's not like they're playing old man ball, you know? Right, just right. Sitting around watching, watching people pass the ball. I think right now they're just sitting there watching LeBron do something and then they react to that. They have to like play an up-tempo game using their youth, kind of like how the Warriors do. But obviously the Warriors are getting older. So they're slowing down a little bit, but they still have their shooters, you know. And that's the only way you're going to get open, you know, in a basketball game when your guys are running around, not just standing there waiting for LeBron to, to drive the ball and kick it out. You can't, have, you can't have them doing that the whole game. Right, right, you know, right. Teams are gonna Especially figure, with no shooters. Teams are going to figure you out real quick. <laughs> Double right, team right. LeBron, if they kick it out, get to the guy, and if he can't produce, he can't produce. So I think they need to change it to an up-tempo team, get those young cats shooting more, and not, not laying everything on LeBron's shoulders, you know? Right, right. And that's going to help him out, too. When he has less pressure, then he's going to perform better. Right, right. Well, my take before we go into break, LeBron James has to play more of a leader role. Right. And how do you do that? How do you do that? You stop throwing your teammates under the bus. Yeah. You don't do that. Yeah. You don't do that. Forget about that HBO special, LeBron. You're a billionaire. Take all those little distractions out of your life. Focus on making the Lakers better. You like a player coach, player GM. I know you got the ability to help Magic and them and get these right pieces and role players to come in this organization and make a quick turnaround. Because they're going to have to make a quick turnaround. We need the Showtime Lakers. Laker Laker fans are very impatient. They remind me of an East Coast type of team. Where they get on you, and they've been getting on LeBron. Right. So he has to, he has to dedicate his whole time into making the Lakers better. Stop throwing people under the bus and take over. And with that, we'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. All right, all right, we right back, y'all. Oh, man, this is great, man. I mean, what else can we be doing on a Sunday afternoon? I mean, there's a lot of things we could be doing, but I'd rather be here. I'll be honest with y'all. We're going right to the NCAA, man. We can't forget the NCAA. Uh, I want to basically break it down with the panel for the tournament to give us two favorites that they like individually and two dark horses. 
I'm going to start with Justin you on this one. Well, I always go with Gonzaga, and they've, uh, they've always, you know, beat me in my ass when I picked them. But they're a good squad. Got the shooters, blowing teams out the water. But they're in a weak conference, so that's kind of the right. only knock against them. Right. But um, I see them hopefully making it deep this year in the tournament. So Gonzaga's my uh, favorite. Um, a dark horse, I like to go with Nevada. Because they have uh, <coughs> athleticism, they got the twin brothers that can ball, right? And I think they have a good squad. If if they have their head on their shoulders, they can run any team out the gym. Mm. Even the top, you know, the top ten teams when they get seeded further down in the uh, in the playoffs. Okay. So those are my top two: Gonzaga and. Okay, I kind of yeah. wanted two fabs and two dark horses, but I'll live with that. <laughs> I haven't really looked at it yet. Right, right. I'll live Arch with Madness that. Madness is coming up. Yeah, yeah. So Give me some time, and I'll give you some dark horses later okay. in the week. All right. Noah. That's my favorite. I'm going to go with a team that might not even be a one seed. We'll see what happens. But I'm going with Tennessee. They got the, they got the players. I like Jordan Bowen. I like um, Grant. Admiral. What they did, Admiral Schofield. Oh, I mean, they got, they got the talent. I mean, they're a team that when they're playing, when they're clicking on all cylinders, they can beat anybody in the nation. So I'm going to go with them as my – but like I said, they might not be a one seed, but you don't see the one seed one every year. And right. my other favorite that I'm going to go with is North Carolina. They're playing at the top, you know, a high level right now. If they can, they can stay with what they're supposed to do with Roy Williams on the run. They just don't have the shooters, I think, but they're still a team that can blow anybody out any day. And if you're going to give me some dark horses, I'm going to go with Seton Hall. They're a team that can surprise people. And a team that's going to make some noise is Wofford. I think Wofford. They're a team that I think can just beat a, whoever they play in the first round, because they're going to be a 13 seed or 14. I think they can win that first round game. Who knows where they're going from there, but they're one of the best teams in the nation that nobody knows about. Nobody, nobody knows right, about. Right, right, right. <laughs> they caught me off guard. Moneyline guy. Yeah, great, great uh, pick on Wofford there. They're, they're, they're ranked. I mean, they're yeah. going to get a pretty good seed. Um, favorites, I'm going to go with, still going to go with Duke. You know, Zion will be back for the tournament. I'm going to buy low. Their stock is low as it can be right now. Everybody's kind of writing them off, but maybe it's a good time to buy them. You know, Great coach, uh, you know, players that can rise to that occasion on, on a given day and go on that kind of run. So I'll, say, I'll stay with Duke as far as uh, one of my favorites. And the other team, uh, I don't know if this is a dark horse or not, but uh, I don't know where to classify them, but Houston. They're, you know, they're ranked 12th coming in, I think somewhere around there. So they'd be considered a favorite, I guess, because they're top 15 team. They're just the most focused team I've seen this year. I mean, they're winning games that every other team would have letdowns, in, including today they beat... Uh, Cincinnati, a game that surely many teams would have a letdown. Uh, so they're very focused. They had a tough loss last year in the tournament to Michigan at the buzzer, who ended up going to the finals in the final game. So I think Houston maybe bounces back. And then as far as um, a couple other teams I like, I guess you could say them dark boys. Virginia Tech, I kind of like the way they, they've proven. Yeah, they've proven they could beat you know the big boys. Uh, and the other team, I, like, I still like Texas Tech. I think they have... A uh, great coach there, and, and their defense, they can get after you. They don't have the shot maker that maybe you'd want. Right, right, game, right, uh, right. To go get your bucket, but I feel like, uh, you know, and they've lost some guys from last year, but just defensively, they, they can shut you down. Right, right. I'm going to make it short and simple. Uh, you took one of my teams again, so I have to scrape it off. I have to scrape it off. Uh, I'm going to start off, I like the Tar Heels. I like the fact that I know they beat Duke twice without Zion, but I just like, I like Roy Williams. I like their defense. I think they got enough scoring. Um, I think they'll make a nice run for it. They'll probably won't win it all, but they'll make a nice run for it. And I kind of was going to put Tennessee, but my boy took it over here. So I'm going to go back to Duke. Reason why, I like the losses that took place late in the season. 
I think that's a wake-up call for the whole team. Now you got Zion coming back with those losses. I mean, you know they're going to come try to take people's heads off now. Now, now Zion's back in the lineup. I think the team got better without him being there because now they, you know, they felt like more waiters on them. They had to step it up. So now with Zion back, if they could keep that mentality, I think that's going to really help the Duke Blue Devils. And my dark horses, I like Buffalo, man. Buffalo Bulls, man. I think that I just like them as a dark horse. And my other dark horse is Nevada. You know, I like these teams that a lot of people not really paying mind to. And I think they can probably get a couple games. I mean, not going to. I mean, they, they probably won't go to the Street 16 they or something. They were in the last year. I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I think that'll work against them now because people are up on okay. them. You know what I'm saying? But I like them as my dark horses. Now we go to the out-of-the-box uh, topic. I'm going to start with uh, Will the Moneyline guy. We're going to start with LeBron James. He's got 32,300-plus points. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the all-time leader at 38,387. LeBron's been averaging about 2,000 points per season. So he's, he's approximately 6,000 points away from catching Kareem. Does he catch him, Will? Yeah, I think he does. Uh, I think he does rather easily. I mean, this is probably the Easily? Most, yeah, I think it's the most important thing for him right now, part of his branding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's all about branding, and this is, you know, this will... Put him right at the top if he's not there already. So, and it's a great feed. Listen, I'm not by getting that, getting that feed. It's it's not a bad thing. It's just I think he's uh, committed to getting that, and I think he does get it, and he does it rather easily within inside of what three and a half years. Well, is he? So that means you think he's playing beyond his contract then? Because he's got three yeah. years left. I mean, as long as it takes to get that record, you know, whatever it takes. Right. But does he does it within them three years with LA? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, think so. I mean, no. he's 34 years old right now. Yeah. He joined the league when he was 18. So he's already got a kind of a, a head start. He's got, he's got a lot of, he's got the best, what, off-season performance to get back in shape. He spends yeah. millions of dollars to keep his body going. Yep. He's already the top 10 in points and assists, the only player in NBA history to do that. So, I mean, he wants to cement his legacy. He already passed Jordan. I know he's going to want to pass Kobe at the Staples Center to hear the reaction. Oh, hell I can't you. wait to see that game. And then Carl Malone is right there, and then a little bit more to get to Kareem. I think he could do it. He's just got to stay healthy. You know, he had his first real injury this year, first time with a groin injury. I know that's, right. that's a hell of an injury because I'm going through it right now as we speak. It's hard to come back back to that level 100% because you can't really do much but wait it out. So that's why you miss all those games. If he can stay healthy, though, not get no real major injury like a, like a, like a torn Achilles like Kobe had at the end of his career, right, right. he can definitely catch Kareem. So. He's got. I think he's got at least five years tops. Not to, if he can stay away from the injuries. So okay, my question: pass. Does he does he break the record with the last three years with the Lakers? What I'm saying depends what he does next year. Next year is the <laughs> give me a yes or no. Is the key? Give me a yes. Year. You're circling around the stuff again. Give I'll me say, a yes. I'll say no. yes because I don't think he worries about back to New York to try to be the king of New York at the age of right, forty. Right. Nah. So okay. I'll say he ends his career there. I don't think he'll have a swan song and play, but he already accomplished that mission. So. But he does it within coach. three years. Not that they no, sign him for another I'll, year, too. I say he does it in four years. Four years? Okay, so you want to give him an additional year. Yeah. I'd say four years. Four years seems like a reasonable timeline. Right. To be the king of scoring, average 2,000 points a year. But during those you know, declining years, he might not have as many. So they need that extra And year. then he has to be healthy 100%. That's the main concern is being healthy 
34 years of age. You know, it's, it's a young man's game, but we see Vince Carter still doing it at 42, still dunking it. So, right. this guy's the limit. He'll, he'll surpass the, the scoring, no doubt. It's just maybe within the three, four-year period. Right, right, right. Okay, I'm going to say he's going to break the record. I think LeBron's going to have to take the route of breaking everybody's record because he knows he's always going to be number two. The goal is Michael Jordan. And what he wants to do is set, is, is set it straight where, all right, he was the GOAT, but I broke all the records. records right, statistically. So I think sure. that means a lot for him and his brand and me knowing kind of how LeBron kind of thinks. Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly how he thinks, but I know how he kind of thinks. He breaks the record. We finished, we're gonna go right, gonna come right back. Thank you guys, don't go nowhere, we'll be right back. All right, all right, all right, we right back on the Al York Sports Show, here with my panel. I love you, brothers. I gotta put that out there, man. This is why I mess with you guys, man. You know what I mean? I love you guys, man. That's real talk. Well, uh, let's get going. Uh, I heard something the other day I read up. Floyd Mayweather and Canelo Alvarez have the potential to get a, a second fight. And they're talking about $1.5 billion. I want to start with the money guy, uh, money line guy. Does that sound something, if you was Floyd, you'd like to take advantage of or... or you just waived this type of situation. Who is he 50 playing? and 0. Who is he playing? Canelo. Canelo. I'm talking about it. Cinnamon Alvarez. Part two. Boy, just, know, a quick, I, just a quick opinion. I don't know if what it you're talking for, about. If it I don't for, follow boxing. I don't know what you're talking about. Right? I, I, I still want to hear your opinion. Should he fight you take a million? Uh, what do you say? 1.5 billion. billion. He's going to get 1.5 billion. Both of them. They're going to split that. Then I do it, of course. Okay, that's, that's all what it is. That's all what it is. He doesn't get beat up anyway, right? He doesn't take any punches. Right, right. Okay, no right. park. It's more of a, to me, it's a big, better opportunity than, than Floyd and Pacquiao because everybody knows they're both end of the career. But the difference is Canelo is in his prime. Yes. Could be I mean, he already, they had already fought once, but he wasn't there yet physically or mentally, I don't think. And that's why he lost that fight to Mayweather the first time. I mean, Mayweather. He got schooled, dog. Yeah, he did, yeah. He, he just got he, schooled. He was taken to, you know, he yeah. was taken, taken really down the whole, the whole fight. It was, it was, you could tell three rounds in, there was no way he's gonna win this fight. So but now he's got, you, yeah. he's got a more of a chance this fight. And if that money's up there, it depends how Mayweather's doing, uh, you know, betting wise. If he's been winning or losing lately, does he need to come up again? Because this is what he usually <laughs> does for. You know, one of the smartest businessmen, businessmen you know in the in the game. But he wastes a lot of money. He does. I mean, you always see him at the Staples Center. You always see him front row everywhere. You see him, you know, <coughs> throwing money on this and that. So does First he need money? But it's always a spectacle with him. It's always some kind of you know grand. You know, this is just not obviously. It's not him fighting Conor McGregor again. It's not that kind of spectacle. But it would be interesting to see. Does he want to put his fifty and one on the line? Right. Right. Because that's a lot of money. That's the main concern. But does yeah. he want to go be known as fifty and one? Dog, so, I thought. Pac-Man's fight was the goodbye to boxing fight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then he went to, what was it, Japan something? Right. That kid out there got quick nine million. Yeah. Little nine million real fast. You notice I say a little nine million, right? <laughs> you can't even get these, these boxers can't even make nine million. You need nope. a little nine million. Right, right. But this fight here is, oh man. It's a risk. I want to hear your take before I give you my take. It's a, it's a dangerous fight for Mayweather. 
Okay. He's, he's, he's old, and Canelo's in his prime, like you said. I mean, the only reason he would take that is for the money, but if he wants to leave a legacy of being undefeated, he's got to stay away from that fight. Oh, you got to stay away from that fight? Yeah. Okay. This is a different yeah, Canelo. He did beat Triple G. So. Yeah, exactly. He'd be one of the greatest at a heavy, heavy division, you know, power punchers. But I think Canelo can get to him now. He knows how to... You know, he looks slow. <coughs> Canelo was slow in that fight. Something happened with the weight cut. Well, this he looks super slow. This would happen. get to him. This would happen. He had to make weight. Yep. Then I heard he ate like 13 yep. pounds. How do you eat 13 pounds and you're going to fight Floyd, the most fluent boxer in the game? Like, and Canelo takes punches, so Mayweather hasn't had any knockouts lately, so Canelo's not worried about getting knocked out, that's for sure. Exactly, exactly. All right, my take real fast, from Canelo's point of view, no doubt about it. Take this fight. No questions asked. Can't lose that. You can't, nothing to lose. Yeah. Mayweather, where he's going to be fighting, is 50-0, and 0, or I'll break the record for the highest payout in any fight ever. Right. Which I think right now he already got, but he knows that's going down. With all these young Earl Spence Crawford guys, right. that's going to go down eventually. But this $1.5 billion ain't not going to go down. This might be the, the biggest payout ever. I mean, that'll sit forever. Right. I don't think Floyd want to let an opportunity like that go. Me knowing how kind of like Floyd Mayweather thinks. But he does want to protect that 50 and up. Right. So he's got a great, got a big dilemma. decision to make. He's got a dilemma. Yeah, he's got a big decision to make. Okay, now we're going to the fun part, guys. We're going to the trivia. Which the boss lady, Miss Crystal, loves this part of the show. We're going to start off with my right all the way down on my left. Don't help each other out, guys. Let's just get these answers. Moneyline guy. Who was the youngest NFL player ever to be inducted into the Hall of Fame? I'm going to give you his age. He was 34 years old. I'm kind of helping you with the answer, so you might get half a credit now. Uh, I gave you half of the answer. It doesn't change the instinct I had. I'm going to say Barry Sanders. No. That's no. The only one I could think of. Uh, I, I couldn't. No idea. 34? He, when he got inducted, he was 34? Yeah. Inducted? Yeah. That means he was a Hall of Famer at 34 years old. Can I get, like, the position? <laughs> get, like, a little hint? Uh, then I, 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 I can't, because I couldn't uh, get it to I'm drawing a blank. Okay. Gail Shapes. Okay. Okay. Got that? Chicago, baby. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to start with Justin You on this one. All right. Who was the NFL Rookie of the Year in 2016? 2016? Yeah, I'm giving you an easy one now. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. 2016. Man. Go on once. Oh, I got to pass, man. Go on <laughs> twice. Uh, Noah Parker. No, it's on him. No one part. There we go. Uh, 2016. Yeah. You get more time to think. I don't even know what I have for breakfast anymore. Y'all threw you off with that one because you thought it was going to go back on you. Go ahead. For the money line guy. You got it. Oh, man. 2016 rookie. Offensive rookie of the year? Defensive? No, just rookie of the year. Oh, it's just NFL. Yes. Carson Wentz. That was a good try. Wow. That was, that was a good, good try. Wow. Dak Prescott. Okay. Oh. Okay, um... He said it was easy. <laughs> he said it was easy, but... Yeah. Come on, man. That's small, dog. He ain't never going to win another thing like that ever, man. All right, this is a little tough one now. Y'all get this one. I'm going to give a lot of salute to this one. 
whose nickname was the Kansas Comet. Noah. Kansas Comet. Skip that one. Uh, I, I would, only Kansas Comet. Oh, you're laying the egg. See, you lay an egg, then you come back and get every answer, then you come back and lay an egg. Kansas Comet. What's, I mean, at least give us a sport, you know? NFL. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm thinking Jared Dyson. Yep. Kansas Comet. Yeah. Okay, Dyson. Okay. <laughs> NFL. Um, I don't know, Kareem Hunt? I'll roll ahead, man. Kareem Hunt. Something with Kansas. The reason why I gave this question out because I was hoping y'all catch on to the earlier question. It was Gail Sayers. Oh, back okay. to back. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. Uh, we're going to start with... Uh, Will the money line guy? Name me one through five NBA top scorers of all time in order. One through five. Scoring chance, like scoring all-time point scores. Yeah, Kareem. Yeah. Uh, is it Carl Malone? Yes. Uh, it makes it easier for you guys. Yeah. Uh, Jordan. Is he three or four? Uh, no. Noah. Kareem number one. Carl Malone number two. Kobe Bryant number Kobe. three. LeBron James, number four. The GOAT, number five. I forgot he passed him. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I got, got it. it. <laughs> you get credit on that. I can take that one. Okay. I got to give you one real quick. Uh, Just me or all of you? Yeah, let's get it. Let's yeah, get it. Let's easy one. Get it's an easy one. Since we're talking about LeBron James, an easy one. That's how much I paid attention. I forgot. Now, the top, when LeBron James got drafted, he was number one pick. Top five, there's five guys drafted, one through five. Which one of those guys? Didn't win a title with the, the top five picks of that year, even 2003. Which one does not have a ring? Four of them do. So give me the names. LeBron James. I, I'm not going to say the names. You should know the top five picks of that draft. I really don't. Right uh, number, all right. LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, or Darko Milicic? Melo. That was easy. Okay, no, you're getting half. I get half a credit. I don't want full credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't want full credit. You knew Darko Milicic oh, had a ring. Right? Yeah. You knew Darko had a ring. No, I just knew uh, Melo didn't. That's, yeah, that made, that's it I made it easy. Yeah, that made it easy. Yeah. Okay, we're going to Justin you now. Okay. There's two guys in the NFL that were named the Freak. The Freak. One was Randy Moss. Okay. Named the second one. Oof. I think it was a defensive, defensive player. I don't know, man. I got to pass. Money line guy. Javon Curse? Yep. Yes, sir. That's it. No, it wasn't. Okay. Oh, yes, right. sir. If I had it, I would We're working now. We're working. <laughs> now, last last one. Last one. Green. Noah Parker. Name me the triplets. Triplets? Yeah, NFL. I'll pass. Justin, you. Pass. Triplets. Well. Thinking the Redskins. Those are three amigos. The Redskins are three. Three amigos was Denver. Yeah, yeah, Denver. Okay. So what team we talking about here? Uh, I mean, I can't give you a team. I know the three amigos and then the the Redskins were, I think, the fun bunch. Okay. So that's all I know. I don't know triplets. Okay, triplets is Michael Worvin, Troy Aikman, and Evan Schmidt. All right. Okay, Okay, guys. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Thanks to CWN Sports. Thanks, my panel. Thank you guys for viewing. We love y'all. We're going to give y'all nothing but the raw truth each and every week. So continue to tune in because we got y'all. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Al York Sports Show.